Hello and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Raven, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. As you all know, who listen to this show with any regularity, we deal a lot with environmental health and sustainability. And to deal with this today, we're going to be looking at the way our laws, so hard fought and hard won over the course of the past some 50 years, are being challenged by the current Trump administration. So seriously that, well, our air, our water, our soil are in serious jeopardy of being, well, further destroyed even more than they already have been over the past few years and just business as usual, even during the more favorable, eco-favorable administrations that we've had. And to help deconstruct the issues that we are facing, I have invited to be our guest today, Scott Edwards, who is the director of Food and Water Watch Justice. Uh, He came on to Food and Water Watch after spending 11 years with the Waterkeeper Alliance, most recently as Director of Advocacy. Scott's work at Waterkeeper involved designing and implementing strategies for a whole host of campaigns on issues such as industrial agriculture, mercury contamination, coal, and military waste. While a waterkeeper, he was also very active in setting up programs in Asia, including China, Bangladesh, India, and Nepal. Prior to getting his law degree and entering the practice of environmental law, Scott taught ecology and environmental sciences to New York City high school students. He works out of the New York office of Food and Water Watch. So, Scott Edwards, it's a pleasure to have you on A Better World to discuss this incredibly important subject. So, first of all, welcome. Uh, Thanks so much, Mitchell, for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. It is an important issue, and uh, people need to to know about it, that's for sure. Exactly. People need to know about it. And I want to just thank uh, Winona Hunter and Food and Water Watch all together for its pioneering and incredibly disciplined work in uncovering those subjects that rarely meet up with mainstream media. And thankfully, there are some venues, such as A Better World and Thankfully, many other alternative media, so we're called, that give voice to and broadcast information that everyone should know and mainstream media should be broadcasting. But alas, it is what it is, and I'm very glad that you're on. There are a couple of very important things going on right now, Scott, uh, that I would love for you to inform our audience about regarding uh, the latest actions of the Trump administration to marginalize existing environmental law and policy and procedures. So please yeah. go for it. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, we're, we're in uh, – uh, Trump has now been in office for three years, and he started on day one dismantling many of our environmental protections and safeguards that, as you said, up, up front have been in place for about 50 years now. Um, and uh, it's actually – been accelerating in the past several months. You know, his first administrator at EPA was Scott Pruitt, um, who, uh, although um, attempted to implement and did implement a lot of harmful practices, you know, he was sort of a a bit of a bumbler, um, and it's been replaced Mm -hmm. by Andrew Wheeler, who 
quite frankly, is, is much more insidious and effective in getting a lot of these um, harmful, devastating policies in place. Uh, and what we're seeing Isn't now – Is he an oil and gas insider, basically? Oh, lobbyist. he was a lobbyist, absolutely, before he became uh, uh, EPA administrator, as, as was Scott Pruitt. He was a lobbyist for industry, yes. um, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where Trump gets these folks from. And, and um, what we're seeing, you know, Trump is in his, hopefully, fingers crossed, right, last year of his administration, and mm-hmm. we are seeing wave after wave after wave of uh, rulemaking coming out of EPA and other agencies to try to put into place extremely harmful new regulations. I mean, a, a couple of, of examples that we're seeing recently, I think two of, two of the worst, um, one a few months ago um, uh, to try to, ironically coming out of these states' rights conservatives, right, uh, an attempt to strip mm-hmm. away the rights of states to have any impact on development, and this goes right to oil and gas, um, uh, under a section of the Clean Water Act called Section 401, which gave the state some say. And New York has exercised this right recently to shut down some oil and gas infrastructure projects that have a say in projects that impact state water quality. Trump wants to take that away from states for his oil and gas buddies. And um, and more recently, we're seeing what was really what what's considered in, and has been called the Magna Carta of environmental protection in this country, a, a statute called mm-hmm. the National Environmental Protection Act, or NEPA, um, which has been in place for 50 years um, and has has really created – I mean, it's, it shouldn't be a controversial law. What it says is that yeah. before you receive any federal funding assistance for a project – you have to do an environmental impact assessment to make sure you're not going to harm the environment or communities or people. Mm-hmm. And um, it's common sense. And uh, Truly. Trump's, uh, yeah, Trump's developer friends and, and oil and gas industry friends don't like having to do an environmental assessment. They don't have to like looking at things like climate change and other impacts. Sure. So right, sure. yeah. So right now we're facing a big effort out of Scott, out of out of Andrew Wheeler's. EPA and the Trump administration to rewrite NEPA so that any environmental impact is is just minimal and and pretty much meaningless. Now, do they have? I mean, that's of course devastating on every single level conceivable. There's no one good piece of it. But do they have right. the legal right to uh, eviscerate standing law? Well, um, that's what we'll find out when we go to court, and and that's what's mm-hmm. going to happen. I mean, the the, the good news is um, all of these things that are that are being done, whether it's the 401 rulemaking or this new NEPA rulemaking, he's pulled back. The 401 on, rule um, is what that was the states' rights one that gave states. Oh, that's states' in, rights. In, of, okay, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a methane rule that that he just is is trying to undo. Um, all of these these attempts will end up in court, and mm-hmm. there are strong mm-hmm. strong arguments that um, uh, much of what he's doing is is illegal. But you know th- this goes back to why it's been so important for for Trump also to appoint 
a whole bunch of federal judges while he's been in office yes. and, and the Supreme yes. Court seats, yeah. which are so critical because ultimately yeah. who decides whether this is legal or not are the court systems. And when you get Trump appointees who are yes. in some cases as ignorant as he is about the law, um, you have an uphill battle. But but we'll be having And the battle. environment, both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, one of the most devastating things is the way Mitch McConnell has one focus uh, – well, now he's had another one, which is to uh, shut down the impeachment process and not allow witnesses and not actually have a trial, but have a mock trial, kangaroo court, mistrial, however you call it, but it's certainly right. not a trial. And the other no. one is, as you're saying here, Scott, of uh, appointing these conservative, you know, uh, Trump-like uh, judges across the country on every right. single level of the court system. And uh, it's a devastating situation that we're in it's and with the laws being what they are of these are uh appointments that are oftentimes for life or close to it you know mm-hmm. i mean it's we're talking about generations of damage that is taking place right now right yeah you know trump trump will be gone um one day uh, yes hopefully sooner rather than later and um Correct. and then we can start to try to to repair all the damage but but as you say these these court appointees have have the potential to be long-lasting impacts, um, you know. And and I, I do have to say, as, as a as a lawyer and, and someone who's who's um, dealt with the federal court systems, um, even even when you get conservative judges, uh, most of them listen to reason. Or if you've got a mm-hmm. good strong legal argument, um, you get mm-hmm. to make it. Uh, what, what's scary about some of these Trump appointees is they are. Completely incompetent and and unqualified to sit on a bench. Oh, is that And I think we've we've seen some of this in some of their hearings where they can't even answer questions about basic tenets of law and and due process and and yes. how the judiciary is supposed to work. Um, that, those folks don't. That is frightening. I mean, right. Right. And so it's they not don't even know a, the a, basics a, of procedure. Even. No, they don't. So it's it's not even a, a question of whether we may differ over how to interpret law. These, these are folks yes. who just just don't understand the law and don't understand how it's supposed to work. Um, and and so hopefully most of those and, and some of them have have been forced to withdraw even in this Congress because they've been looked at even by congressional Senate Republicans as as unqualified mm-hmm. and that tells you how unqualified they are um, that but, but interesting? you know we we will have those even fights, they couldn't though, put and, up with it <laughs> right right that's, that's a clear yeah. in, indication of how absurd <laughs> these, these how appointments are how bad were. it is how bad it yeah. is yeah yeah Unlike what Jackie Gleason used to say, how sweet it is. Sometimes we've had to change it to how bad it is. So yeah. what? Uh, not that I thought we were going to have primarily a legal conversation, but you have brought it up, and it's very important because you know a number of your affiliates and colleagues in the field of environmental justice, Scott, such as NRDC and. Uh, and um, Earth Justice and others, you end up spending a lot of time in court and at no small expense of time or money. Uh, what are the stats regarding winning these types of cases in court? Oh, that's a that's a hard question. You know, certainly if we're talking about some of the Trump rulemaking, um, mm-hmm. it, it's premature. 
uh, you know, there there have been some small successes. Um, there have been some small setbacks, but but these cases take years. Um, so yes. uh, these these rulemakings that are ongoing right now, most of them haven't. We haven't even gotten to the point where they're finalized and we're walking into court yet. Um, you know, there's just a oh, handful right. of them that have actually gone through the process. Um, yes. You know, but you certainly look at at you know some of his. Early and this is this is an environmental, but some of his first um, rules, administ- uh, executive orders, were around immigration, and you saw a number of mm-hmm. those being struck down in court. They went to court very quickly because they didn't yes. take the form of a, this formal regulatory rulemaking that we see in the environmental arena. Um, but you know, here, here's the thing, though, as, as a general matter, um, if if a, if a government agency like EPA, and you know, we've we've litigated bad rules under the Obama administration, under the Bush administration, mm-hmm. under the Clinton administration. I go back mm-hmm. to, to litigating bad rules. Um, mm-hmm. agents, they are sometimes – if an agency does its homework and, and dots all the I's and crosses all the T's and does a, a thoughtful rulemaking, they will typically get a lot of deference from courts, and often their rules will be upheld. But we are dealing with an agency that doesn't care about dotting I's and crossing T's. That that oh. for whom you know science is is meaningless. Um, so so <laughs> I, I expect that a lot of these rules will be overturned because they're not put together well. They're not put together in a way that that will withstand strong judicial scrutiny because they are so sloppy and they are so blatantly intended to just fast track yeah. development. And not protect the environment, um, and so even I, I think their own the lawyers are not. Even their own lawyers are not buttoned down and uh, studious about about the letter of the law. No, they're not. Well, you know, they they have their marching orders, and um, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. so they're told to uh, draft these rules. And and I, you know, I wish I could be a fly on the wall some days in those offices where I'm sure yeah. there are there are conscientious lawyers in these agencies saying we can't do this it's illegal and you've got the political appointees above them saying we don't care get it done um you know a lot of people walked out of EPA and and these other agencies with this administration but some stuck back and i think they're there to try to help minimize the damage until uh mm-hmm. we get a new administration in place and they at the end of the day mm-hmm. have to do what they're told to do um, mm-hmm. So, so uh, uh, you know, and, and fingers crossed that some of them are making them as sloppy as possible, knowing that they'll be overturned in court um, when when the time comes, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, some of them are just—I mean, I read them and 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 I shake my head and say this is just so blatantly illegal. Um, but but I've learned through years of doing this that you there there are no guarantees once you get into court so no no promises yes. but um yes, these are no bad problems. rules that that should be overturned yes but when something is blatantly illegal uh, and you know just a violation of the letter of the law uh, is that not an easier case to win or a rule to overturn sure. Oh yeah, yeah it is. Um, it, it is if it's if it's blatant. Uh, you know, the, all even though the agencies generally get deference and, and a presumption, almost a presumption that what they're doing is okay, um, and courts are are very reluctant to to 
pull back agency rulemaking. Um, at some point, it crosses a line, and courts are saying, "No, you've you've gone too far. This is clearly um, illegal." And and you know, I, the NEPA is, is uh, that we just talked about the, the NEPA proposed rule. It's not final yet. Is I think a good example of where the proposed rule says you can't look at any long range impacts of projects when you're doing an environmental impact uh, statement. You can only look at the real, localized, immediate impacts. But the statute says, the statute that was enacted by Congress says, when looking at environmental impacts, you have to look long range. So in a case like that, you know, I can walk into court and say, here's here's what Congress intended with NEPA and here's what the agency's saying. They're just they're mm-hmm. just and, and that's an ex- that's just a one small oversimplified example of of sort of a yeah. real blatant um illegality yes. that that we can point to um in terms mm-hmm. of this rulemaking but you know the the mm-hmm. other good news is you know and this is what makes this upcoming election so important is these rules can all be undone by the next administration without having yes. to go through all of this litigation and, and these years of fighting before court and, and taking the risk that you'll get a bad judge that won't overturn it. I mean, this, a new administration could come in and say, you know what, we're going to revisit this rule. We're going to we're going to pull it back. We're going to take what's called a remand, and we're going to we're going to do a new analysis and, and rewrite this thing. And um, and so that's why we need to make sure if, if Trump gets a second term, then all these rules. Get cemented in, and then we're in court for years fighting it, um, and then mm-hmm. the impacts become that much more egregious. So, um, mm-hmm. criti- critical election coming up. Definitely, no question about it. And you know, I'm just looking at. I mean, for those of us who really deeply care about health and our environment, uh, this is nothing short of devastating. If you think back to uh, the Obama administration and all of the issues with uh, with uh, the Keystone Pipeline and all that the entire uh, nation got roused, mm-hmm. native peoples, et cetera, and being on the land and protecting the water and all of that. And uh, it was such a big deal. And now here, with the stroke of a pen, it looks like all of that energy that took so long to muster on the side of the people who want to preserve uh, our beautiful earth uh, is just, you know, marginalized in in a flash, you know, in a stroke of a pen. And I mean, so wouldn't if you say a new, let's say, Democratic administration got in or a Green Party or what have you, uh, you know, um, wouldn't we be up against the oil and uh, and gas lobbyists just the same or not so much? Well, I, you know, I, 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 you've got to hope not so much. Certainly you'll be up against them. I mean, the, 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 the you know, we're we talk about Trump and and he is the worst case of of all of them um yeah democratic administrations have also been very friendly to oil and gas and um yes. you know you yeah. have moderate democrats and and neoliberal democrats who who are, have have not done and are not showing any signs of doing enough to confront uh, you know, not not just oil and gas, but industrial ag systems, all, all of the industries that that yes. threaten our our food yes. and water and 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 air and yes. and, and, and healthy communities. Um, so 
right. There are no guarantees that the next administration – well, <laughs> I have to say there's got to be a guarantee that the next administration is better than this. Um, there's no guarantee I that they I will be good on these issues. I know where you're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. um, but, and so, right, we, we will always have to, to fight this. You know, as, as I said before, yeah. the Obama administration, we had to sue the Obama administration several times. Um, mm-hmm. and, they, and that administration was not good on, for example, a big issue we work on, fracking. Um, the mm-hmm. Obama administration right. was not good on fracking, and um, mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton was not good on fracking. If if Hillary Clinton That's had gotten sure. in office instead of Donald Trump, we would be having not all of these same battles, but some of these same battles um, that we're having mm-hmm. with the Trump administration over yes. a lack of environmental protection. I'm glad you're um, making that point. Yeah. I think that's an important one for people to digest, uh, which is why uh, I was favoring Dr. Jill Stein of the Green Party, because we would not have had those kinds of issues. We would have had other issues, God knows, but right. not those. You, know? you have to pick right. the battles that you want to wage You know, at the end of the day, right? You do. We, so, we, we need a, a fundamental shift in this country, um, uh, and, and both parties are, are responsible um, to, to date really for not bringing us where we need to be. Yes, that's really true. In fact, I am so – I'm a – a party. I, I don't think that we ought to have parties at all, and I think some of the framers felt the same way. And uh, you know, and because you know, what we need is people. Because as you said, you, you know, the the array of different types of Democrats, and there's an array of different types of Republicans as well. And you yeah. know, I always just say I was always puzzled when I first got involved in the environmental movement when I was at the ripe old age of 14. Um, Mm. I said, uh, which wasn't yesterday, by the way, um, I uh, used to say, wait a minute, I feel – I was from a, you know, an ultra-progressive type of family politically, by and large, mm-hmm. uh, and yet I said, I feel conservative. Not conservative, i.e. politically, but rather I want to conserve – this planet. I want to conserve yeah, resources. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to yeah. conserve trees. So wait a minute, isn't that the proper definition of of conservative <laughs> and therefore being Republican? And if you, of course, turn the clock back to Teddy Roosevelt, you'd get the answer is a resounding yes. Yeah. yeah. So well, you know, one, one of that the... has gotten lost in translation over time. Well, well, what's gotten lost is, and and you know, even you know, you don't have to go back. As far as as Teddy Roosevelt, you know, at the top of the show, you talked about fifty Nixon. years. Fifty years ago, right, nineteen seventies, this country for ten for that ten year period, I call it a decade of decision, uh, mm-hmm. where we passed environmental law after environmental law after environmental law. It wasn't a partisan. Clean water is not a partisan That's issue. Correct. It shouldn't be That's whether correct. you're conservative, liberal, Republican, independent, uh, clean, healthy mm-hmm. air, right? And, and it wasn't. And what what's happened? Um, right. I, I think most recently is that Republicans, conservatives, have pitted environmental policy against the economy. And and yes. they've created this false tension false. between the two and convinced right. people on the right that you can't have both. And and that's, that's right. an absolute lie. And I and I think that's what we've been dealing with. I, and I and I think, you know, there have been lots of unfortunate fallouts from the the mortgage crisis that we all faced years ago mm-hmm. with Wall Street greed. And and, and I mm-hmm. think though 
this this economic hypersensitivity is one of the biggest biggest downsides of that economic crash because now if you're an elected official and you want to defeat a policy no matter what that policy is all you have to do is label it a job killer and it's done that's right Right, that's and right. so it, that's allowed the right wing to label every environmental protection policy out there as a job killer, and it's just a lie. And, it's um, a complete but, lie. but I, I'm so glad you're saying that. Lie. Yeah, you, you you put that all very well, and as it was a lie after that decade of decision making. And I, I think that Republicans really need to also digest the fact that most of the. Uh, current legislation for protecting our environment were actually passed by Nixon. Ardent Republican. Model Republican. So there has been this swing to the right. And I mean, you know, I used to call Clinton um, a Republican in Democratic clothing and same with Hillary. So there's this movement toward, you know, what we left and right. I, I think it's all a bunch of part of the nonsense that we're sold. It's part of the divisiveness that just keeps getting perpetuated. We need to be for people who stand for for good and for the environment mm-hmm. and for health and for justice and all of that. It's an entirely different, you know, paradigm, if you will, outside of, beyond party, you know. And in that light, I'd actually like to bring up a a gentleman, and I think this could be good also overall for the work that you're doing, Scott, at Food and Water Watch um, and for it as an organization. And that's the work of a gentleman named Sam Daly Harris. He has been on these airwaves a number of times. He wrote a book called Reclaiming Our Democracy. And in short, it is a blueprint for people's citizen action. And he lays out, in rather simple terms, the how-tos. It's almost uh, essentially a guidebook of, uh, th- uh, with a premise that most politicians know nothing about the things that most matter to you. They just know nothing. That You're usually a one-issue uh, candidate that gets into office based on that one issue, that one pony they ride, and about everything else, they know almost nothing. And so it becomes incumbent upon us to educate them, to bring them up to speed. And, you know, you start off very respectfully and politely as an educator, and you call their offices, and you arrange meetings at the, at, uh, either when they're back home or in Washington, what have you. But you key, And you go in with a, a small group and then a medium-sized group, and, and there's this right. ongoing you know, form of lobbying to get their attention onto the subject, and you just keep hammering away to get what it is you believe in and stand for. So I just wanted right. to bring that well, up. Well, citizens' action is an unspoken – everybody says it's all about voting. No, 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 no. It's not all about voting at all. That's one aspect right. of a larger idea of citizen activity. Yeah, yeah well, you know, the um, Food and Water Watch is, is – um, you know, spoken of as, and we are an, an environmental organization. Um, but yeah. you know, I, I, I like to distinguish us from what people often think of as environmental organizations. You mentioned Earth Justice and NRDC before, and they're both yeah. wonderful in, environmental organizations that use the law. And um, but but what our approach is 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 akin to what you're you're talking about, and that is mm-hmm. building political power. 
right, and to, mm-hmm. to go yeah. into communities and to educate folks in the community so that they are talking to legislators and, and voting is part of it, and they're walking into the offices of, of these folks both in district and in Washington and demanding that they be responsive. I mean, ultimately, our, our, what, what plagues, and, and this goes, I think this is epitomized by, by the Trump administration uh, more than any, is, is that all of these laws, regulations that are being enacted are being enacted to benefit folks who have access to Donald Trump. And and mm-hmm. those people are his developer buddies in the oil and gas industry. And other people have a lot of money to stick into Donald Trump's pockets, and yeah. and that's what drives the decision making. Not what's good for you and me and the rest of the people in yes. the in the communities where these legislators are coming from. And so we have to build political power to make them accountable to us, not yeah. to their their rich friends. And and that's what Food yeah. Water Watch is all about. Is about building political power. Um. And, and and that's that's what ultimately is going to cure this this ailment that that we have in this country yes, yes. Um, with bad it bad policy making. You're right. It's a psychological yeah. pathology, is really what it is. <laughs> right. Uh, and yeah, yeah. But you know, obviously, you're also uh, grassroots education. I mean, even just mm-hmm. the basis of this dialogue, this interview, is you're bringing forth and your organization's bringing forth. Uh, information that is not readily available um, through the media. And you are, you know, you're on the front lines of what's happening legislatively and on the rules and reg side of the EPA. So you're able to bring that information forward in your newsletters, on your website, and then through channels such as this, A Better World, and let more people know. But you are deeply involved in this kind of grassroots education and then action, like, as you say, political power building and all of that. Uh, You know, it's just so important. It cannot be overemphasized the um the important role of citizens action that you as an organization are playing and you as an attorney are doing on the front lines of the court system right no no bringing bringing information to people is, is critical as a matter of fact we we just um i urge your 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 listeners to just a couple of days ago we put out a new report on fracking it's called fracking's bridge to climate chaos and it's intended yes, to educate that people about the links between fracking and climate change because there are a lot of people who think that fracking is a bridge fuel um, to to a a better thing. Yeah. Right. And, and even some in the environmental community, not so much now, but, but you go back five, six years had bought into this idea that somehow natural gas is better than coal for, from a climate perspective. Um, And so it's critical that, that folks understand that that is not the case. And so we have this new report out um, that, that educates, as you said, it's, it's critical that folks get educated about these things so that when they do go talk to their elected officials and they do go to policymakers and the policymakers say, oh, but it's better than coal, you can say to them, wait, no, it's not. What about methane? And, um, That's right. And so, so yeah. we do. We put out newsletters. We put out research materials, reports. We go out into the communities. We have community meetings. We speak to folks. Um, and then we organize and, and demand political accountability and political change. Yes. Oh, I so applaud the work you're doing. And we here at A Better World feel overall feel this way about 
your organization, this organization, uh, Great. you are uh, really doing what we need. I mean, the whole fracking thing is a uh, disaster. I mean, nobody really looks at the chemicals that are put in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually know somebody who, um, so funny, one gets so divided, uh, who <laughs> sells water to the fracking industry. Um, and he makes a bundle of money, and they return the water in utterly not living condition. It's a wreck. Um, And I mentioned that because I'm on the side of seeking to find remedies to make that water clean and alive again. And thankfully, through technology, there are ways to do that uh, and to restore the water. But Oh my God! At what expense and what time? What loss? And on and on and on and on. It doesn't justify the means whatsoever, and it is a disaster. And we need to move on. Right. I mean, I think that you know, I think that it's naive to think that we can jump directly into a renewable energy economy overnight. Not because. We cannot get enough photons and wind and geothermal and tidal wave power mm-hmm. quickly. We can access it quickly, but right. uh, it's not going to happen overnight. And there does need, I believe, that there needs to be a transition time. But if it's designated, just like we put a man on the moon, we can do the same thing here. We have a, a date certain of completion, and we move right along. Right. Yeah, no, we we need to set goals, and you're right. You're not, it's, we're not going to throw a switch, and it's not going to happen uh, Wednesday morning no. if we throw that switch today, certainly. But, right. but there is right. no incentive here to even begin that Think process in, in any right. – uh, right. And that, and that goes back to the point of and, – and the reason why there's an absence yeah. is because the oil and gas industry is literally – Writing our regulations and our policy right. today, they are they That's are right. uh, you know I've I've gone into litigation against industries um, or against mm-hmm. against EPA um, for some of their documents they put out and rules that they've put out where I've discovered that that the 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 rules were literally were written word for word by a lobbyist lawyer. That then handed it over to EPA, and EPA just put their put it on their letterhead. And so yeah. we have, and and that's my point before is those are the folks who are controlling our government, writing our Very laws, true. writing our regulations, and and that needs to change. Um, and and right. it needs look to at Alec, now. look at Alec. Yep. They control the state legislators in all fifty states across the board, I, and they are. They write the legislation, the big – so when people like Bernie Sanders and others uh, call Elizabeth Warren, call this a, um, a corporatocracy, uh, Ralph Nader did it you know, umpteen years ago, and he's been blowing the whistle on white-collar corruption such as this for right. um, 50 years, it happens, or 40, you yeah. know, right? Yeah. It's really yeah, that long. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean some of the things that Alec are doing are just uh, – I, I mean – Again, going back to how did this become a, a political issue? I mean, they yeah. are—they have succeeded in enacting laws in many states that actually punish people who put solar panels on their homes to, to oh generate renewable electricity. And so, oh in some states, Lord, I didn't know it went you, that far. You have to—oh, you have to pay a penalty 
for having solar panels. Um, now that that is so antithetical. I mean, if you if you want to be a, a conservative small government person, yeah. Yeah. Then, then how could you possibly libertarian? <laughs> right, and now you're punishing people who want to put solar panels. I mean, this just there's no end to the it's hypocrisy, right? Um, That's right? It is madness. Exactly. Um, and those, those are the kinds of things that just have to end, right? Those things have to, and and it, and it is those elected officials who put a law like that into place at the state level, local level, federal level. Who need to be shown the door? They they need to get out of office and be forced That's out right. of office. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, at the end of the day, I am a uh, holistically oriented psychotherapist and stress management consultant. There's no reason you would have known that because of what I do now in also in media um, and mm-hmm. some of the work I do in health and wellness and uh, environment. Um, but I, you're just reminding me, Scott, of when I was growing up and I looked at the world and I saw madness, both in terms mm. of uh, the environment and war, and it's all war. Uh, I went, you know, is this really what adults do? I mean, I just, there's something <laughs> wrong here. And I actually gave some passing thoughts to going into law and politics. And then I realized, I took a step back and I said, you know what? If a new administration comes in and turns around, ho, 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 all of the laws or a lot of the regulations of the prior one, we're back to square one. The issue is a psychological and an emotional one, and we need to help to develop human beings as uh, resources in themselves that have and truly embody a level of not just intellectual but emotional intelligence and with that we can create a kind of policy making that will be consistent from you know administration to administration and will be honoring the earth and life itself all sentient life consistently and not just flip-flopping as they say over the course right. of administrations you know anyway just my two yeah. cents worth but thought, no that's you know, that find that interesting no that's a valid point though although you know as a as a person who, who's been working on this in this field for decades i i have yeah. to look back and say yeah we're always you know trump was certainly a giant step backwards um even with obama's shortcomings on, on the environment um there were some some good gains there and so maybe yeah. we made three steps forward and trump's a big giant step backwards or maybe two steps back yes. backwards. Yes, but but yes, we I will so. we will there there's been progress and, and you have to look over at this over years and, and know yeah. the course of time we're not, we haven't slipped back completely and we can undo a yes. lot of what he's done um somewhat yes. quickly. Some of it will be longer lasting. Um mm-hmm. and, and take mm-hmm. more giant steps ahead. I mean we're always gonna have this sort of ebb and flow um, we, we just have to make sure the flow is bigger than the ebb, um, and, and so <laughs> that's that, right. that's that's the important that's piece right. here that that we need to keep pushing for, and and we'll get there. You know, I, I remember um, uh, the, the, I had during the last election, and we all assumed that it, would be, it was going to be a Hillary Clinton um, uh, administration coming in, into office, and I had uh, was attending a, a meeting that had been scheduled. For the Thursday after the election down in D.C. among a bunch of environmental lawyers, we were going to talk about what our agenda was going to be under the new Hillary Clinton administration. And sure enough, you know, yeah. this happened. 
And I show yeah. up at the meeting's not canceled, and I go down to D.C. to attend the meeting, and I walk in a room, and people are understandably devastated. And, and what are we going to do now? This this horrible, <laughs> ignorant oh, human my. beings now in office. And you know, <laughs> and, and and I looked at people, and I said, you know what? We better look at this as an opportunity um, to build a demand for a progressive nation, a progressive political system. Yeah. Um, and and look at everything this man's going to do over his term in office, and use it to motivate folks to change come the next election in ways that 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 are are giant leaps forward. Um, and, and so, you know, maybe that's just me being an optimist, but but um, no, look that's this is a glass very half full, but, smart. No, it's good yeah. to be an optimist, number one, and it's very cutting edge, and I totally appreciate it. And you're reminding me of uh, a, a conference that I went to, an ESG conference, which is, you know, in, as you know, environmental, social, and governance, which is sort of the polite way these days in business context to say environmental and social impact, basically, as, uh, you know, in, uh, a sense of ethics inside uh the business environment, and uh, a gentleman, the keynote speaker, got up, and this was in, so it was in um, July of 2017, and so we were all in reeling in pain still um, from what happened in January, well, in the prior November, and uh, he said, look, I know it looks horrible, and in so many ways, it is horrible, however, I've got to tell you that the amount of money that has flowed in to ESG-based um, uh, financial organizations and funds is far beyond anything that had happened during the Obama administration or any administration uh, before. He said people are scared, and that is their motivation, that they want to see business take a quantum leap forward in making sure that despite the changes in regulation and policy of this administration, their water and their air and their soil are going to be protected because of the work of business, not government. So yeah. that is very much, Scott, in alignment with the thinking that you were putting forward. So I think it's right. Sound. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it, it has to be, right? I mean, it has to we be. Have to, yeah, right. We Our have lives to, are at stake. That's right. That's right. And, and so we, we have to, you know, I'm old enough to know that, that, that every challenge in life presents a, 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 an opportunity. Um, an opportunity, and, exactly. And, like and, the Chinese symbol for crisis. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, and, and so th- this has certainly been a major opportunity <laughs> of, of, uh, of uh, almost unprecedented dimensions in the political history of this country. But, um, you know, yeah. we, are, we are, again, Fingers crossed, nearing the end, and and we will yes. survive this, and and we will yes. learn lessons. We hope from this, and it yes. will propel us even further than perhaps we would have been at the end of a of a Hillary Clinton administration, because yes. you know one one of the one of the downsides of of uh, of of Hillary Clinton being in office is we we unfortunately 
have a, uh, some activists in the community, and whether it's in, in the environment or, or in other areas, who, who are who are don't really want to challenge a, a Democrat and, and don't want to call out That's a Democratic right. administration and are afraid to stand up and denounce them. And and so, um, you know, yeah, in some ways, you know, the backlash against this Trump administration just might propel us even further than we might have been under a Hillary Clinton at the end of four years of a Hillary Clinton, um, where, where, where at the end of four years of Hillary Clinton, we would still be fracking like we are right now, still be right. threatened with, with climate uh, chaos. Um, our, our, our water quality would still be threatened. So, so um, you know, let, let's see. But but this is this is a That's lesson right. we have to learn and we have to act in 2020 in order to make that that leap. Well, from your mouth to God's ears, <laughs> I really, yeah, I, know, I really, right? we all pray for that to occur. I want to just uh, also just in light of the fracking myth that your organization is seeking to bust. I also want to go back because, as you said, in the Obama administration, people want to just, you know, idolize him when, in fact, on the ground, no pun intended, there were a lot of things going on that were not, as, as we say in the old language, kosher. And so, mm. it, so it goes that fracking was given a little bit of a strangely light green halo. So was nuclear power. And right. during the Obama administration. And this is madness, by, according to anyone who knows anything about it. And that, too, right. got a pass for the longest time. And these are the kinds of um, abuses of language and thought that we're seeing that your organization is helping to disabuse us of, as, as well as my uh, radio podcast. <laughs> but uh, I think it's right. important to point out. But I yeah, want to also you know, point it, something else out. No, I'm pleased. Go yeah, ahead sure. first. No, no, no. I was going to say that you know one one of the traps that 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 folks fall into is they're given bad choices and told pick pick among yeah. a whole bunch of bad choices and they pick That's the, right. the what they see as the least worst. So, well, if you want energy, you know, you, okay, we'll get rid of coal, but you have to have natural gas. Oh, you don't like natural gas? Okay, but here's nuke. And when we stand That's up and right. say they're all these are all bad. Then, then we right. often get denounced and said, "Well, you you're not for anything," and and that's simply not the truth. We are for clean, renewable energy, and we understand it's a process. We understand, as we were talking about before, it's it's not an overnight thing, but it has to happen, and it has to happen soon. And we can do it. We can get it done. And so we shouldn't have to choose between nukes or natural gas, or or coal or oil. Um, they're all bad. That's and, right. And we now need to get rid I, of I'm going to say something that I just learned. This past uh, year, which was I, I just mm -hmm. didn't know this, and perhaps you did uh, and do, and that is I was having a conversation just like this with uh, uh, an associate of mine, and he said, you know, you want to remember something historically. We were talking about a longer arc of change before, and he said, mm -hmm. you know, when oil and gas started coming to the foreground in the early part of the 20th century. Do you know what it was replacing? And I naively and uneducatedly said, no. And he said, whale oil. Whale yeah. oil was being used to light houses and for 
uh, heating and the like, he said, and that meant beaching whales and killing them by the droves. And it was making mm-hmm. environmentalists and conservationists at the time crazy. It was horrible because they weren't even even using the fat and the meat. Um, and so it was an environmental dis- ecological disaster. Right. So when oil and gas came on the scene, it was actually the smart environmental alternative. And that was something that really just uh, blew me away as I contemplated it. And then I realized, you know, this guy had a point. So when we take that a little bit more of a generous long-term view, we can see that everything in a way has its place and that if we allow it to move on, now we see the dangers of that choice. And now we need to move on, of course, to a renewable economy, renewable-based economy. But so instead of bad-mouthing that, we can understand its context and realize that at this point in time, we've grown beyond it with our knowledge. We have, and and, you know, it's funny. The 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 the, and the and the whale oil story. You know, when when um, that era started to to wind down was was in part because. It, it was getting harder to procure. They had to go further and, and expend more resources to secure whale oil and, and start to roam. Through. Right, and, and they were running yes. out of out of resources. And, and we see that um, it, it, with with oil, right? And and we have to dig yes. deeper, and we have to go yes. further offshore, and it gets more expensive right. to 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 get it. Um, but you've That's got right. this industry that just won't let it. Go and and you know Exxon yeah. Mobil, again and and with Exxon Mobil, the ones deciding what our energy future looks like, you know that it's going to exist as an oil and gas industry until they've sucked every drop of oil and molecule of gas out of the ground, yeah. and there's no more to be held had before yeah. they're willing yeah. to move on, and that's just not acceptable, right? We we, we cannot do that. It's not an option. I appreciate that, but you know, and this is in no defense, but this is just business. Mm-hmm. Uh, having mm-hmm. seen the movement in, movement into renewables um, going back fifty, forty, thirty, twenty years, and it stepped up definitely in the last ten or twenty. That a lot of the uh, um, oil companies have very much diversified. I mean, Chevron exactly is it? Was it? I think it's Chevron. It's one of the greatest purveyors of geothermal energy. Um, I was part. Uh, I was part of a project where they were looking to get involved in um, natural renewable ga- uh, biogas, which is from manure. They wanted to fund a project like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I find that making enemies is a very difficult thing, despite the upset yeah. and anger I feel. I would rather educate these people as I would like to educate the American people that there are other and better ways that are, as you properly said earlier, and as Paul Hawken told us in the early 90s in the Ecology of Commerce, that it's much more profitable to do things right and economically, I mean, ecologically smart and sensitive than it is to destroy right. and fix later, you know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I just you know, wanted I, to I, offer I, that well, thought. 
No, absolutely. And that's a good point. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, I, I, what I often say, and I'll say to people, this isn't about demonizing industry, right? Industries do what industries are going to do. And, and the bottom line for an yeah. industry, a company, any company, uh, for-profit company, is to make profits. That's why they exist. And, and this isn't a, a denunciation of that. The problem is they shouldn't be our policymakers, Right, oh, and boy. and so for sure. it, it's it's not a question of whether Exxon Mobil um, is. You know, I certainly have my own personal views on on the rightness or wrongness of what Exxon Mobil is doing. Surely, but Surely. but sh- but what should never happen is Exxon Mobil should not decide what right. this country's energy future is. Exactly. Um, and exactly. that's where you everybody should be willing to draw the line. And and um and that's where the, the, the problem problem occurs. You're right. That's where government is has become a corporatocracy and we yep. are yep. not we the people no longer have the role that we are it is rightfully our role to be really um calling the shots through our, you know, representatives. And it's not happening. We're the marginalized ones, and they're the aggrandized ones. And we're all paying the price. So your right. point is yep. very well made, and I completely appreciate We ran way over what I thought because oh. you were oh. so <laughs> engaging. And I appreciate oh, all you. of your input tremendously. Why don't you give your website, Scott, so people can look you up and uh, you know learn more about Food and Water Watch. Yep, sure. So you you can find us at at just www.foodandwaterwatch.org, and um, there's all kinds of information on there about the campaigns we work on. There's access to all the reports, including the fracking one that just just came out that I referenced, yes. and other reports and research, a bunch of educational materials, um, work uh, articles about how you can get involved and help build political power and hold uh, elected officials mm. accountable. So there's all, all kinds of stuff on there. That's fantastic. And by the way, congrats on what you did in Baltimore with your water project. That was something I was going to yeah. bring up earlier. I think it's fantastic. Yep, yep. Water, water, Boy, access to water. This is I on mean, the positive I, when, side, right? <laughs> if we got another hour, we can start talking about water. But no. Um, yeah, we'll you know, have access to, have to water. You back. That's all. We'll right, have to have you yeah, back. that's fine. Hugely important issue, access to water. I don't know when that stopped becoming a right, but it's, it's obscene. And, um, yeah, Isn't Baltimore that the truth? We had Lester yeah. Brown on talking about his latest book, The Disappearance of Water, not that long ago. So we are water right. sensitive here at A Better World, too. So I, I'd Great. love to have you back on to talk about that. Sure, time. anytime. All right. Anytime. Great. Thanks so Got much for, for having me on. All right. You're so welcome. Take care, then. Thank you. You, too. All right. Bye-bye. That's Scott Grippe. Scott Edwards of Food and Water Watch, who just laid it on us about what the issues are, how problematic they are, how challenging they are, and what his organization, that organization, is doing to help counter that, build political influence and power, educate people on every level about what is happening to protect our environment, protect our planet. People and planet before profit. I say it all the time. It's the Green Party logo, motto, theme, meme, and it needs to be spread far and wide. Profit isn't the problem. Putting profit before planet and people is. 
it's really not complicated, quite honestly, and it can be adhered to by people of conscience, that is, people who have developed themselves sort of along the line I was saying earlier of psychological, intellectual, and emotional intelligence and maturity. And uh, those of you who listen with any regularity know those are key and favorite subjects of mine. So I want to thank all of you for listening in and being part of a Better World community. Please visit our website at www.abetterworld.tv. That's abetterworld.tv. We have a free newsletter that goes out every week announcing our radio show as well as the guests on our weekly TV show here in New York City in Manhattan. But it can also be watched anywhere on uh, our website, abetterworld.tv. Also visit mitchellrabin.com for our coaching and advisory consulting services as well. Thanks again for joining. Remember, we too are a nonprofit. Your donations help keep us sustained. Thanks again. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for a Better World, and I look forward to seeing you all next week.